everyone. Welcome to Exposit the Truth, where it's all about the clear understanding of the Word of God and how to apply it to everyday life. All right, this one is one of my favorite topics about eschatology or study of the end times. It is about the rapture, understanding the rapture. Um, so many pastors have misinterpreted, ignored, theorized the teaching about the rapture, and that is why many pastors simply stay away from the topic. Um, and perhaps because they simply just don't understand it. And prophecy or end time study tends to, you know, make people anxious when it's not intended to do that. It's intended to give comfort and peace for the true believer um, and strengthen uh, the Christian's faith. Um, but so many Christians have seen a movie or read a book about it and let it persuade them, sadly, uh, to thinking that the rapture is fictional or, um, you know, that it's very unclear. But Scripture is very clear, and uh, it's sad that many Christians don't pursue this truth. It's a wonderful truth. You also may have heard of many false teachers, commonly referred to as doomsday cults, um, that have sprung up over the past century or, or, or plus, um, and many people have fallen victim to these cults that have tried to predict predict uh, what year or day uh, the rapture sh- should happen. Um, you may have heard one or two or more of these stories happen. Uh, this is not surprising because Jesus said this would happen. In Matthew 24, uh, Luke 21, he gave us a, a heads up about that. So it's not surprising to the true believer. Um and it, should not, and it should not deter us from wanting to know the truth about his second coming. Also, Jesus told us clearly, do not be deceived. So, 2 Peter chapter 3, 2-6, that you should remember the predictions of, let me start from verse 1. This is now the second letter I am writing to you. In both of them, I, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. What is a scoffer? I did an episode on that. And that simply means one who takes lightly what should be taken seriously. That's a scoffer. Following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, talking about the um, Old Old Testament prophets, um, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. Um, and but by the same word, the heavens and earth now exist that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So we are not to take this lightly. God gave us His word, and we need, uh, and it is a big part to understand and mature in His word, not to scoff at it. Um, so. How much of the Bible speaks about future events? 
how about a whopping 27%? 27% of scriptures is telling about the future events. And wow, that's a huge chunk, right? Imagine someone giving you a recipe for a gourmet, gourmet cookie, but only gives you 73% of the recipe. When you taste it, is it going to taste the same? When you taste it and, know, and, and, and only knowing 73% of the recipe, will it taste the same? No, right? It, it will not. Will it bother you that you are not getting the same full experience of what this gourmet cookie should taste like? I'm pretty sure it will. Um, this is why people pay for overpriced coffee or, or go to these places where you pay way more money, three times more money for you know, something you can get at a fraction of the price, right? Because you want that taste. It should not be different when we want to know and, and when we should approach the scriptures of God's word to know the full experience of what God is telling us in his word. And with a smartphone in your hand and internet in front of your computer, it's really no excuse um, to, to have the, the resources available to you. Of course, yes, level of discernment. There are many false people and levels of deceptions that we have never seen before. So we have to have discernment to filter through that. But as far as um, getting resources, it's at your fingertips. It literally is at your fingertips. God is not shy to hide what he has in plan for the future. In fact, not a single world religion can do what God has done through his Bible, his word, which is to give prophecy about the future. What is different now about the understanding of the rapture? So I'm going to go into um, the three key questions. The um, where, uh, where is the rapture in the Bible? When is it going to take place? And why is it going to take place? Um, but so what is different now about understanding the rapture? So the learning, right, of it. Uh, and I'll give you two words. One I just gave you, technology, and history. History and technology. Through history, we have seen many false prophets come into the world, just as Jesus said it would happen. And, and so, let me go ahead and read uh, Matthew 24 about this warning. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 23, then Jesus is speaking, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs, or imitators, right, and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders. So he even said that they're going to be, they're going to, there's going to be even like, you know, miracles that's going to happen, um, or, you know, the deception of miracles that people come forward and do this. So don't even believe that, right? So as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have t told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and, the sh and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. It gives us a, a, a warning, right? Um, so, t so you have the, 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 the prophecy right there and, and I would say, yeah, looking back, there has been many false teachers and many false prophets that have come forward 
saying these crazy things. Uh, how does technology do it? How about typing it in the search box and asking Siri? Um, you know, the original. How about being able to translate and know all the original languages of the Bible, the Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic? Um, you know, we, it's at our fingertips, like I just said. Um, has anyone told you that the New Testament was originally written in Greek? You say, why is that important? There are many reasons, but on this lesson, I will give you one word in the Greek. Harpazo. Harpazo. That's the Greek word where rapture comes from. English language is limited, and so that's why you won't see rapture in the Bible. You won't see the word Bible in the Bible. You won't see the word Trinity in the Bible. So that argument does not stand. Uh, Harpazo is the word caught up. In the English Bible, it comes from the word caught up. Uh, is where the word rapture comes from. It means a sudden seizing by force or snatching away. The Greek was the most common language in the world at that time in the, when the New Testament was written. So how today you have the English language, the most common language throughout the world being used. In that time, it was the Greek, the Koine Greek. In the English Bible, the word is caught up. The rapture is a separate event and so this is the thing about the rapture, though, that you must understand about Jesus' second coming, that the rapture is not um, just one event of, of Jesus' second coming. He, it, this is a separate event that only involves his church, which takes place before the actual return of Christ when he comes to judge the wicked people of the world. Okay, so here's the key takeaway. Do not be deceived on what God's word teaches about the rapture, like many people are, many Christians. It is biblical, and God provides us this knowledge to comfort one another with these words, so we are not worried or anxious about death and the return of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, to have all the more urgency to spread the gospel to anyone and everyone around us, right? so that we are to always be working never to be lazy. He never once taught us uh, that. And this is why um, anybody who sets a, you know, a date or a year or a month or whatever, that that's all a bunch of baloney. Falsehood, right? Because we are to live with the expectancy that the, our Lord can return at any moment. It is in knowing that he can return at any moment that gives us the motivation to continue to be the salt and light of the world. Um, to live for him and his word and his kingdom. And it's imminent that um, we know when, when these things happen, uh, it can come at any time. So we need to be ready. Always be prepared. And once again, um, Jesus tells us that, to be prepared. To always be prepared. Alright, so first uh, big question is, where is the rapture in the Bible? Alright, so First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But uh, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. So the, the Thessalonian church was very worried about missing out on the second coming, right? So this is why they, you know, um, Paul is writing to them. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring him, with him those who have fallen asleep. 
So you know, that's 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 Church was worried about all the people who have already died and may have missed uh, Christ coming back, right? Missed out. But Paul's saying, don't worry about them. He's coming back for them too. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So it's those who are, okay, so um, simply put, um, the this is a lot to try to understand at one time. So you have to continue to study. But so, who you know, since... You know, Christ came and rose, he defeated death, he conquered death. And since then, all the believers, the true believers who have died, our spirit, their spirit goes up to be with him, but their body's still here, all right? But when the rapture happens, he, the, are the glorified, the body that's, you know, it doesn't matter if it was cremated or buried, God will glorify the body to be, uh, you know, remade, to be in the presence of him. And also those of us who are alive, right? You're like, you know, this is, a, yeah, this is hard to clearly understand if this is if this is your first time hearing this. But he's saying whether, you know, we will not precede those who have fallen asleep, meaning the falling asleep means those who have died, uh, but are but are the believers, right? That, that's, so that's why that's uh, defined as falling asleep because any believer never truly dies, right? They are forever going to be in, in, in the Lord's presence in the kingdom of God. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we are who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Okay? Um, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So those who have fallen asleep or in the graves, right? Um, they will rise first. Then we who are alive, right? Who are still walking around, breathing. Who are left will be caught up. There's the word. There's the word rapture. Together with them uh, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, right? So this is a different event um, of the, uh, before the second coming, right? Uh, so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. All right. So First Corinthians 15 is the next one. Um, talking about how it will happen. Uh, I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This is talking about becoming, you know, getting our glorified bodies to be in the presence of Him, right? Because our, our sinful bodies that we're in right now, we cannot be in the presence of Him, right? Uh, because we're, 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 but this body, even though our soul, if you're born again Christian, even though your soul is new and Christ is alive in you, this body can't be near, cannot be near the perfect and holy God. So he has to give us a new body, the glorified body. In a moment, uh, so we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, this is talking about that event. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, 
and we shall all be changed, the living and the dead, right, in, that are in Christ. For this perishable body, perishable body must put on the imperishable, right? So we're going to be clothed in a new body, um, and this mortal body must put on the immortality, right? When the perishable puts on the imperishable, the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass, saying what is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So that's talking about where's, where the rapture is in the Bible, right? And there's more, um, but we're going to continue moving on here. So the word hapazo is used many times in the Bible, okay? It is used in Matthew 11 by taking a kingdom by force. It is used in John 10 of a wolf snatching a sheep. It is used in John 10 when Jesus says nothing can snatch us from the Father's hand. It is used in 2 Corinthians 12 when Paul was snatched up into the third heaven. It is used in Acts 8 when Philip was teleported 20 miles away uh, right after he baptized the eunuch uh, out of nowhere. Just It is used in 1 Corinthians 15 in the catching away of the church. Uh, there has already been six times, six examples. So you're like, okay, well, um, who has been raptured? You know, there has been six examples of people who have been raptured in the Bible already. Enoch, Elijah, is Isaiah. Elijah is probably the most most um, relevant one or most popular one that you have uh, heard of. When, when the, the, the chariot, right? comes from heaven, swoops down, right, chariot, it looks like it's on fire, comes out and just takes him up to the heaven, takes him up to heaven, and Elisha sees all this happen, Paul, Philip, and Jesus, of course, so six raptures have already happened, the, the direct, you know, being taken up, caught up into heaven, so the next question is, when is it going to take place, right, so there has been three theories about this, Pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, and post-tribulation. So if you don't know what the tribulation is, I'll be doing a study on that as well. Uh, so don't worry. But I'll say very briefly that Scripture points to a pre-tribulation rapture. It points to a pre-tribulation rapture. So tribulation is the seven years, the final seven years of this world before the second coming of Christ, where Christ comes at the end of the seven years. Um, and Christ comes... The rapture is when Christ comes and raptures out the church, the true body of believers, before the seven years of wrath. So this seven years of wrath is also known as Jacob's trouble or time of indignation. Uh, the truth is no one knows the day or hour, though. Not even the angels of heaven. So in Matthew 24, he says, uh, Not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. You know, so as he says in Matthew 24 and 36, uh, simply put, uh, the thief does not notify the victim before he comes, right? So the it come, it, it's going to come like, like a thief in the night, unexpectedly. Right? But, but to the believer, it will not be so, uh, we, we, it will not be so like, you know, like that. We'll be caught off guard. And to everyone else, they will be. But to the believer, we see, understand the times, we see what's going on. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit working within us. Um, God is working with us, and He is with us, so um, we're not caught off guard. We, we pay attention to our surroundings. 
And thirdly, why is the rapture going to take place? Why is the rapture going to take place? So let's go to John 14, starting with the first verse. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. So this is Jesus speaking. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Uh, and let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. So who is this um, referring to? All right, who is this referring to? Uh, so Ephesians chapter 5, 22, Wives, submit to your husbands as, the, as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So what does that mean? The, the bride, right? The true church, the body of believers, belongs to Christ, and that who is who he is coming to rapture out. It will not be aliens or UFOs or some kind of unknown force. It will be the Lord Christ Jesus. So please do not be deceived. So, why is the rapture going to take place? Um, because Christ loves his bride. Okay? Uh, is love is it loving so so ask your ask yourself this is it loving to beat or abuse your spouse or child to get your point across right so before the tribulation happens the tribulation the seven year tribulation is going to be the the worst seven years the world has ever seen okay many disasters wars famines pestilences is going to happen during that time right so is that loving to have the bride who is the church go through that Christ Jesus is coming to claim his bride and we will not put her in harm's way in the most horrific times of the tribulation that will take place how horrific more than half the world will die and considering and considering that there are 8 billion people in the world today just let that sink in all right and we'll I'll finish with this verse in second peter 2 verse 4 starting from verse 4 for if God did not despair angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world but preserved Noah, an herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what, he's going to hap is what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if you rescued the righteous lot, distressed, uh, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. So there you have uh, very in, in, as clear as day that God rescues the righteous before he judges the ungodly. And so in knowing this, so here's the response, in knowing this, um, you know, 
know, I hope that, you know, this brings you peace and comfort. And, you know, if you are going to talk about this to um, friends and family or people around you, just, you know, be very careful, you know, engage, feel the, uh, the, the, the tension or feedback uh, from that person because a lot of people are get anxious anxiety and we all have a fear of dying or and things like that so um, but as for you if you are loving God's word then this will bring you comfort and you know where you are headed after you die you know that if t- tomorrow you die in a car crash or a plane crash you know where you're going and you know that you are living for him and you are giving him your all and living for his kingdom then this will you bring, this will bring you comfort. And so with that said, now you know a little bit more about understanding the Bible.